Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. All right, so we're just starting a brand new series today on the book Ecclesiastes that we're going to look at, and we're going to take it through the summer. There might be little breaks along the lines, but we're looking chapter by chapter and excited for you to be here today and hope that you can be with us throughout the summer as we do this. And I, I love it. it. It reverberates with me a little bit of the, the thought of just what was shared about how we're, life is so elusive. It's, 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 Times we're trying to grasp hold of something, and there's there's moments that we we grab hold of it and we celebrate and it's wonderful, and then they kind of flee again, and then we're moving on to something next. And many times we can just live our life that's that way in kind of this this chase, right? This grasping life, and 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 it doesn't mean there's not accomplishments. I mean, these two amazing guys that that's a huge accomplishment of what they that what they're doing and that with their education and moving on it doesn't mean we don't have markers with that. But many times it can feel a, a bit of uh, a bit of transparent, like we're moving on to the next to the next, and and in life it just feels like it can be that way. And I I kind of relate life like blowing bubbles. And you remember you remember back in the day before screens, and we did other things for fun. Do you remember that? Like people went outside and kids went outside. I remember as a kid, my, all my mom had to do was give me a little bottle of bubbles and I was great for at least 15 minutes of fun. And I remember, and I was thinking about like blowing bubbles, like there's different types of bubble blowers. There's different types. There's, there's people that are all about quantity of bubbles. You want as many bubbles as possible. So you, you blow bubbles like this. You blow bubbles like this. And then you you break them and you go after them and you try to you try you know that's what you run you run through them Ooh, the bubbles the bubbles right and you blow and one friend runs through and you die and then there's some of you that's the amount of you know you're you're about quantity of bubbles and then there's the quality bubble blower okay the quality bubble blower is this you take your time make sure there's no wind and you blow hang on a second I, nope too many oh too too hard to blow no that's not what I want. I had a really big one the first service. There's a little bit of wind. Somebody open. No, 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 no. It's bad. Somebody open the door on me. One more. I'm wasting time now. All right. Too much wind. No, 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 no. That's not talent at all. Picture a really big bubble. I should have got the wand. I should have went downstairs and got the kids. The big wand, the big bubble. Some of you got, you like lots of bubbles and all over and you pop them. And some of you want the quality bubble. You, you shape it, you, you make it, and then you launch it into the world, right? And then the other bubble blowers come on and pop your bubble, right? You're like, we hate you. We love you in the Lord, but we hate you when you do that to us. And in life, you know this, you have... Had your bubble burst a few times, have you not? Someone comes along, you've, you're on a plane, you're doing something, and someone burst your bubble. Circumstances have burst your bubble. There's things that have happened to you that your bubble has burst one after the other, and life feels like 
that. Like you're achieving something. It's a fleeing moment. You grasp it. It slips through your hands as, as we saw. It's like chasing after the wind. You can feel the effects of the wind, but you can't quite get it. And I think what happens for a lot of us is when that happens over and over and over again, it just dis- disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, and it creates disillusionment. It creates a place of going, is it really worth it? Is all the effort, and you're thinking, what, what was it worth it? Is life even worth it? Is it worth putting all that we put into it to get at the end like it's really nothing that's there? It's just a chasing after this, this win. A survey was done by Harris Poll a few years ago that said this. It, it had been interviewed like maybe 2,000 2, Americans. And they asked, is, are you happy in life? This is a basic question. And, and one out of three people said they're very happy in life. So two out of three people are not very happy in life. Now think about it. We are Americans. Oh, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much we have in our lives. And yet we can live so unsatisfied asking that question over and over again. Is there more? And so as we do this summer series, our hope is that we would take some time and talk about the quality of the bubble of our life. The quality of our bubble, how to live life with satisfaction, how to live life without regrets, how to find God in the discontent, in even the pain, how to find real meaning of it all. I don't know about you, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want my life. I don't, and I'm sure no matter what stage and age of life you're in, you would probably desire the same. And, and so that's our hope in this series. We're, we're doing it with other CTK churches around the county here. We're reading chapter by chapter through the book Ecclesiastes. And to do that is to help read. I think it's good to do some. I don't know if you're, is your mom dead or you sign your kids summer reading. I think we should sign some summer reading for all of us here is to read through the book Ecclesiastes chapter by chapter. And to give you a little tool we have in your programs, it's called SOAP. This is easy to remember. SOAP is an acronym to study the Bible. First, you, you read the scripture, and then you do an observation. Basically, what did, did you get out of it? What are some truth that you receive from it? And then A is the application. How do I apply it to my life? What does it matter? I mean, if you're not applying it, what's the point of it? And then P is prayer, that you take time not only to pray for the needs and seek the Lord, but also pray over the scripture that you read. And like, Lord, how do I have the courage to live out or be obedient to what you have given me? So that's our heart and desire for Ecclesiastes, to bring meaning over sometimes when life seems meaningless. And to start off, even the title, I want to give you a definition. Ecclesiastes, what does that even mean? Well, it means this. It means assembly man. Way back in the Hebrew, it means assembly man. And it's not just like someone assembling something on a production line. It actually means one who gathers, one who brings people together, a proclaimer even of wisdom. And so that's what we're going to be doing through the, the, the summer is gathering some wisdom here and then as we're talking about it, actually apply it to our lives. And so to jump in here, I want to jump into chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, the, the words of the teacher. Now who's the teacher? It says, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Scholars would say 99.9% chance that it was Solomon, King Solomon himself, with the help of some writers, wrote the book Ecclesiastes, part of the wisdom 
books. It's, there's also Song of Songs and Proverbs that we can go to. And so when you think of Solomon, you, you need to combine the wealth of Bill Gates, actually probably now Jeff Bezos of Amazon. I think you might have, can you believe that someone's richer than Bill Gates? Uh, the, the good looks and charm, and I'm just going to pick Bradley Cooper because I heard that ladies think he has pretty eyes. Um, and then, do you know who Bradley Cooper is? You ever heard of him? Okay, you're, you looked at him and you didn't know, so he's helping you out. Okay, good. Okay, he's pretty eyes. That, that you're disagreeing with, Shane. That's okay. He's pretty eyes. We're guys, but he's pretty eyes. Okay, sorry to say that. The wisdom, the wisdom. Now I'm thinking, who's the what, what's wiser than Solomon? Oh, the wisdom of Solomon, right? He can't compete with that. He had it all. The problem with Solomon is that he had it all. He had he had everything he needed, and he 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 basically kind of quotes as we look through it, kind of what all quote successful people do is they, they go, is this it? After all the wealth and power and, and good looks and whatever you got, you got it all. Is, that, is this it? Is, is this all there is? Well, I want to start off here. Let's listen to the assembly man here. Let's listen as he proclaims this. And I want to warn you, it's not real cheerful. If you're here coming for a little pep talk, uh, it's not going to happen. But what, you, what is so powerful about Ecclesiastes is it's relatable and it's real. It's real thoughts and feelings. That it's being honest and being authentic. Here's what he writes in the beginning. He goes, he goes this. He goes, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I, he, I, he sounds like a drama queen, don't you think? Like, it's, life's over. Everything sucks. It's so bad. You know, what happened? I bombed my test. Or I, you know, I, I, I got an F in class. Or I, I you know, t- teenagers can do that. But even us as adults, you know, like I had, a, had the worst horrible day ever. The traffic was horrible. It's life. It's, you know, we can do that. And, and Solomon is just kind of being real here. I think it's relatable for us. What we, what we learn about Solomon is this, it, it, closer kind of in the second half of his life, he came to the place that it feels meaningless, that everything he's acquired and everything he's gotten is really, that's it. It's like, I got this bubble, but it's like, that's, that's it. It's, it's, it's not much. It just seems so translucent. It just, it feels like I can't really grasp it. It's, it's not bringing meaning to my, my life. And Pastor and podcaster Mark Sayers says, people are meaning-making creatures. People are always trying to find meaning for their lives without a larger story to connect to. Without God, people are busy trying to create meaning for themselves. Isn't that true? We're looking at it, and I find the saddest thing is when I talk with people that just that don't have the Lord, and, and they just, they live their life so superficial, and it's not that they don't have deep thoughts, or they, they don't, they're not kind to people, and they're doing things to help humanity, and all they're doing, but at the end of it, it seems so hollow, and lacking meaning, and I think for all of us, we can find that in our lives, that we're, we, we create meaning in different things, we, we create meaning in our occupation, our goal in life is to do things that we love and hopefully maybe at times we get paid for. Not everybody get, has the luxury to do that. But even if it's a job that you have, you find your identity in it. You work all day to try to create this life you have and you appreciate the paycheck, but you want more in life. At the end of the day, it feels like just a paycheck. Many of us turn to relationships and it's okay to turn to relationships. Relationships are important. We are made for community. 
And in fact, that's, a, that's what young people do. They, they're trying to find community. In fact, they, they try to find community just one-on-one with somebody. They're like, we hope we can find community with that one person. And we hope they, they, they're good looking. That's our, that's our goal in community, right? And so what we find is we have a, hu- a husband and a wife that come together in a marriage. And it's, it's marital bliss. Well, what would they discover? It's not just bliss on their own. It takes a lot of work. And they find this is that that person is just as imperfect as they are. And, and when they don't get that, they, they find disillusionment and they don't continue to work at that. What happens is it leads to a dissolve. In fact, last night we were, we were out at a, at a, a, a party for friends and we're moving away. And there's a gentleman I was talking to and had known for years and found out that he's getting, getting divorced and, and talk with him. And he goes, I just, it, it, the, the disappointment, the, the, dis, the disillusion of his marriage and what it's done to him has left him hollow and left him empty. And just, it happens in life for so many people. Maybe you've experienced the same thing. We've had high expectations for somebody that don't achieve it and we continue to live with disappointment. But also on the other spectrum, we run after pleasure. And we know this, that pleasure is so fleeting. It just, it passes by so quickly. And, and then if we want more and more and more, it leads to addiction. And many of you know that, what that's like in your life. And all that to say is Solomon had it all. Had everything that was there. And it left him hollow. It left him empty. Now, when he says meaningless, you, you need a, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It doesn't mean worthless. Solomon specifically uses this word. It's, the, it's a Hebrew word called, it's, it's called hevel, which is used 34 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. But it's translated maybe in your English Bible, vanity. You might have meaningless or, or vanity. But it really means this, futile, things not of substance, empty vapor, breath, a bubble. It's just, there's nothing really to that. And it really parallels what the apostle James says. He says, what is your life? It's a, yes, this basic question, what is your life? Someone asks you, what is your life? And really it's this question of like, what is the substance of my life? And I find that what people say and people live are quite different at the times. We, we can give some fluffy answers to what life means to you, but many times it's based on what you what your, your calendar says and your bank account is reflected, right? It tells you this, what, and we get so much in acquiring possessions and power and prestige and pleasure and all that becomes just so, at the end of the day, it's, it's gone. It doesn't, it doesn't last. So James is saying, what, answers the question, what is your life? This is what he says, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. It's like having like breath in a cold day and it's poof, it's gone. It dissipates. You can't harness breath. You can't take control of it. It disappears so quickly. It's like this bubble that pops. And at the end of it, we go, is this it? Is this all there is? Well, I would submit to you today that if that's all there is, if that's life, that's pretty depressing. We're going to look, that's not all of life. But this earthly life we have, if it's a bubble, if you picture it that way, Let's be careful with our bubble. Let's, let's work on the quality of our, our, of our bubble that we have, that God has given us. Because life is so short. But what we have matters. And I think we need to remind ourselves as we go through this, that what life matters. Matters of ourselves, matters, matters to the people around us, and hopefully it matters to God. 
But Solomon struggled with all this. And I think we can all relate. No matter what stage of your life, or you're just starting out life, and you're going, you just graduated high school, or you're looking at you know, this whole life ahead of you. We, we think about that whole life ahead of you. And you have much optimism that you can look ahead on that. What is your life? Thinking about your, maybe you're kind of like me, in the kind of second half of life, hitting middle age and beyond. I can look back, and now I can look forward. Maybe you're at the end, feel like you're kind of in the latter years of your life. Everybody, everybody can relate with this, what Solomon says in reflection. But listen to what he says in verse 3. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? He asks that question. Really, he's saying, asking, what's the point? See, much of Solomon's life, if he's looking back in the, the first half of his life, he's looking back with much regret. He's looking back. He had a good start. I mean, he got it right that when God asked him, what do you want in life, Solomon? Solomon's answer was wisdom. And God blessed him with that answer. Like, that is a great answer. I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you women. I, I mean, I don't know how, 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, that's, that's a little bit. That's a little bit uh, what do you need there. I think he had, all, had it all, okay? More than he needed, probably. And all that he had, but it wasn't enough. And what we find is that he got his priorities out of whack, his morality slipped. He lost focus. He was the king who forgot who really is the king. It's the same for us. We can do the same thing. We can play king for the day or king for the year. And let me just ask, how's it go for you when you're doing that? Like, when you're the king of your own life, it doesn't last too long. Like, this kingdom sucks. Like, what's happening is because you're trying to control it. You're trying to take control of your own life, and it's not going too well. There's, there's too much demand to, to keep it going. And at the end of the day, it doesn't make it. And what we find is there's meaninglessness to it. it. It's surface. He's like eating cotton candy. It's all fluff. There's no substance. And Solomon says over and over this, it's like chasing after the wind. You you just can't, you you feel the effects of it. You just can't grasp it. And the harsh reality is that's what happens with life without God. In fact, Solomon calls this under the sun. He uses it 29 times all through Ecclesiastes under the sun. Now we got sun today, half the year we don't. The sun's always shining, but he's not, even if it's cloudy, you, you know the sun each day and the days you have. His meaning's much deeper though. What he means is this, under the sun is earthbound, non-spiritual, really choosing to live apart from God. And it's really at the end, it leads to emptiness. It's, it's just there. There's no substance to it. What if life, though, could truly be meaningful, filled with purpose, filled with value, viewed, how about this, as a precious gift? Because it is. Well, that's all in light of how we view the sun. How we view the sun. See, thousand years later, the Son of God came. Jesus himself and revealed what the meaning of life is all about. And if you're a Christ follower, you know and have experienced already what it means to live under the sun. So go with me on this as a theme for the series that we're going to look at for the next several weeks is this. Life under the sun is meaningless, but life with the sun is meaningful. Did you catch what we did there? You get it? It made me look kind of cute there, but no, there's something very powerful that we're going to unpack here just as an overview in chapter one here this morning. See, Jesus came to this earth. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, there's a gathering of a bunch of religious leaders. And every time there was a gathering of religious leaders, it was really 
Jesus not really going to them, them coming to him and accusing him, and it's just always this, and, and they didn't get it. They, they had the disconnect that, that what they were doing in the religious activity, it really wasn't meaningful to, to their lives. They, they lost the meaning. That's what religion is, is, is trying to do things for God and lost the whole purpose in it. And, and Jesus comes along and stirs it up, and he says this in Matthew 12, he says this at the end of verse 42, and now something greater than Solomon is here. In his dialogue, he finally says, and they're like, something? And they're like, well, really someone. The Son of God brings meaning. Brings meaning. Not, not the S-U-N Son, the Son. S-O-N. And we're going to contrast some sons this morning as we do that. In verse 4, going back to what Solomon says, he goes in detail of what's life under the sun. Remember, under the sun means life apart from God, living an earthly life, just living on your own without God, even thinking about God. He says, generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets. It hurries back to where it rises. The, the wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow to the sea, and yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, they return again. What is he saying this? You can write this down. Living under the sun is, is monotonous, but living with the sun is adventurous. How many know you've lived the same all day? Do you feel like you're living the same old life? Do you ever feel like that? You wake up the same old time, you go to the same old job, do the same thing. It's a secular life that we're living in. And it can feel like that. If life under the S-U-N sun is monotonous, we're missing the life in the sun of God. To choose Jesus, you choose sonship. You choose lordship. I love... Ephesians, it says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that has work within us. More, think about this, more than we can imagine. If you're living in the same old, same old, if you, in fact, if you feel like your, your walk with Jesus is boring, can I just be honest with you and straight with you and all my love toward you? You're boring. You're boring. If you're not living this life, this life we have in, in Jesus is, it, don't ask, ask Peter if it was boring. When he stepped out on the water, was that scary? Absolutely. Freaked him out. Was it boring? No. When we step out and we get on the mission with Jesus and we get about what he's doing, how we can serve, it's, it takes courage. It takes a lot of work. It's hard sometimes, but I guarantee it, it's not boring or dull. But what happens is we choose consumerism over the cross. And that's what happens when we do this. It, it's living under the sun is dissatisfying, but living with the sun is fulfilling. Last weekend, we uh, celebrated the life of my father-in-law, Don. And many, many of you have been praying for us and my wife and the, her loss of her father and, and her, her mothers and, and her siblings. And we had a beautiful time and we gathered. But I want to tell you, thank you for those that we received cards, we received flowers, we received gifts, we received food. People brought us food. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for, and, 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 and those are the times you're going, and not that we even expected it. Everybody just was like, what a great church we have. What a great church. So thank you so much. But last weekend was a, in a memorial week. It was quite the memory as we remember him. There's a few tears, but a lot of laughter as we remember his life. But I had an opportunity with my son. 
to go. And he's down there doing a church internship in college. And him and I went to breakfast on one of the mornings. And it was so good, just the two of us spending time together and catching up. And I was just reminiscing, because I don't know about you, if your kids are older, you do also think about them when they're little too. And I remember my son and I, and the four of us actually, Camille, Christy, and I, and Grant, we went to Disneyland several years ago when they're little kids. And Camille was pretty little, and so her and my wife stayed back at the hotel room in the evening, and I turned to Grant, I said, he's that 10 years old at the time, hey, you want to go back to Disneyland? And so just him and I went back, and it was, there wasn't a lot of people there, which is amazing. And we went on Space Mountain, got through the line, there wasn't even a line, we got right in, and then I said, do you want to do it again? Yeah. And then we ran all the way through the line. There was no line through the little winding through and we'll jump right into it again. And then the next time we're like, you want to do it again? <laughs> and then we ran and did it again. I just remember that moment. And it was just so funny. I was thinking about that. Life feels like that. But, but even Disneyland, we want more. Even Disneyland, it's not enough. And I think Solomon says this. He goes, he goes, all things are wearisome. More than one can say that the eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear is full of hearing. It's, it's never enough when we live under the sun. But when we live with the Son of God, Jesus is so satisfying. I love Corinthians, it says, no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, no what human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. It's so amazing. It's so, there's, there's not enough, meaning there's so much more that God has for us. See, when we're on the mission, and we're reaching out to people. We're making disciples. It is so rewarding. I'm so excited on Tuesday morning. I'm gathering with three other guys and we're starting a quad. These guys are younger guys than me. They're, a couple of them are young dads and, and I get to pour into them and, and grow in, as discipleship. I'm going to pour into them, but they're going to pour into me and I'm going to learn from them. When we do that together, it's so amazing. But, but know this, the challenge is this. Living on the sun, it can feel like this. It's nothing new. But life with the sun, it is brand new. It is brand new. I find it's interesting that Hollywood's getting, I think it's getting a little bit lazy. They seem to come up with a lot of reboots and a lot of remakes of movies. Like, can you come up with an original story? It's much harder nowadays, isn't it? It's easier to kind of play off the old. Maybe they make money that way, I don't know. But it kind of relates to what Solon says here. He says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. If there's anything on which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. <laughs> Solomon, man, you're just a cheerful person here. But nothing new under the sun. And we kind of do that. Have you ever used that phrase? Ah, there's, you know, here we go again, nothing new under, under the sun. N- wrong. No. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is new under the sonship of Christ. We, we, have, we are new creations, the Bible says, in, in Christ Jesus. I love at the end of the Bible where Jesus says, he who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. Listen, we don't have to wait to the, to the end of time for that to happen. It can happen today. You know what newness feels in your life. You know. I don't care if you open something out of the package. It's still going to be an upgrade. It is nothing new under the sun. Okay, the 
they updated my phone and now I got to spend another thousand dollars. Okay, thank you very much, right? There's nothing really new in this physical earth, but we can be brand new. God can take an old beat up heart that everybody casts aside, says, no, I can do something. I can change it. I can make it brand new. It's called transformation. Scripture, it's the word metamorphosis where we talk about a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. One creature to a brand new creature. It's pretty amazing. That's what Jesus does when we're following the sun. We're in the sonship of, of who Jesus is. Jesus, the ancient and eternal, always offers something new. It never expires. But finally know this. Listen, living under the sun, it will be forgotten life. But with the sun leads to legacy. Verse 11. No one remembers the four generations. Every, even though... Even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow him. When you read that, I don't agree with you, Solomon. Because we remember grandpa. We remember stories. We remember things. What are you saying? But things will fade. Things of this earth will fade away. You might have an inheritance from those that left you. But it's going to get absorbed. It's going to be spent. It's going to be gone. It, it will fade over time. But I tell you, when we get absorbed with the Son of God, when we're with Jesus and we're under His Sonship, the S-O-N, it really can speak of, of legacy for our lives. The, the service that we had for my father-in-law was just beautiful. It was, it was, it was pretty amazing because what it, what it has is it was like that his family had, has four children, four are, you know, one pastor and two pastor's wives, which is pretty cool. And then a school educator. Just people on the mission, but not just the kids, the grandchildren. I think, was it 14, 12? I can't remember grandchildren he has, counting up our nieces and nephews. It's pretty amazing it, 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 that all these children that he had, and all of them are serving the Lord. His grandchildren are serving the Lord. He died a rich man. He, he died, and like, you know what? Legacy is not what you leave behind. It's who you leave behind. And nobody's perfect, and we make mistakes, and not everybody can live up to those expectations, but it's amazing happening. I think it, that's what Solomon's trying to get at. He's surveying his life that we're reading through the summer here. That's what he's doing. He's reflecting upon it. At the end of the chapter, let me read. We're getting to a close here. Don't worry. The teacher was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the sun. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Man, Solomon, you need therapy, dude. Like, what's your deal? No, he's just being real. He's actually, don't feel sorry for him. He's just revealing reality. But don't forget what we have. Not the S-U-N son that we live under. That's old earthly life. We have the sonship of God. We have the S-O-N son that we can turn to and that we have. Because listen, when this big ball of fire burns up one day, and it will, there will be another son. The S-O-N son will shine in heaven. And it will be the glory of the Lord. The Bible says you don't need that. The other son, that's gone. The Son of God will shine. But I tell you, He still wants to shine in our lives. He's still wanting to do the work in our lives. I want our team to come as we wrap up. And I want to leave you a question that's a question that we probably will bring, bring back to. As Solomon looked back in his life, I don't care if you're 20 years old or 80 years old, it's good to look back in your life. To look back and, and to basically ask this question yourself, to live life backwards. What if you lived life backwards? What would that look like? You don't have to wait 
but we don't have to wait to the funeral of what people are going to say about us. What if we started today to live life back, to live, live life in reflection of what God has done because that will help us as we move toward the future. David Gibson, the, the author, wrote this in this book, Live Life Backwards. He says, only preparing to die will teach you how to live. Only preparing to die will teach you how to live. That's a great thought for us today. And I want to encourage us as we go to prayer, let's stop trying to make things that are temporary permanent. It's chasing after the wind. That little bubble that you have, I don't care. You know, again, I'm all about quality. I think the quality of your bubble is important, but it's going to pop one day. What are you leaving behind? Living life backwards and saying, what is it that is going to be a trail of my life? Am I going to love well? Am I going to bring meaning to what is eternal? Am I going to invest in the next generation? Am I going to seek Jesus who makes all things new? Or am I going to be about that? I hope that you can stick with us on this as we lay this out in the entire series that life is meaningful, not under the Son out there, but the Son of God that died for us, that gave us this life to bring meaning and significance for His kingdom that we can be under. Will you pray with me? God, I'm so grateful for this time and opportunity. I thank you for your word. It speaks realness to us. It, it, we, we don't color code it. That at life, when we live under the, the, the sun, the daytime sun, the sunshine, it can feel like one day after another. And it can feel like the same old, same old. And the longer we get life with the aches and pains and struggles that we have, we, it can feel very fatalistic. It can bring depression. It can bring disillusionment. And God, if there's people here today that are feeling that way, God, I think of my friend that's just in disillusionment as his, as, his, as his marriage is dissolved, Lord. That he's turning to you and finding help and finding encouragement. Lord, thank you for that. Maybe there's some here today, they're in that same place that they're looking for meaning. Lord, meaning does not happen in this, this earthly life. It's just a vapor. It's just breath. It's just a bubble that pops, Lord. But our meaning is in your sonship, Jesus, and who you are in our life. And God, I pray that we would turn to you, that we'd find, Lord, that you can do all things with meaning. Lord, you, you, you're, you give us mercies new every morning. That what you offer is bigger and greater than our, we can even dream or even imagine. And we can experience it, yes, one day in heaven. But we can experience it now in you, under your sonship, Lord. We thank you for that. And God, if there's some here that are not living under you, they're not living under you as the son of God, I pray, Jesus, they would turn to you and find meaning in you, that you're the one that gives it all to us. Everything else is meaningless. Everything else is pointless, unless it points to you. God, we love you in Jesus' name, amen.